On an all-new Discologist, two noobs take on the new release from one of the most prolific bands of the past 10 years. After releasing five full lengths in 2017 alone, Australian Psych Kings King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard slowed down the pace and discovered the power of Boogie for their first album in a year, Fishing for Fishies. Jam-packed with Technicolor freakouts and enough groove to satisfy old and new fans alike, Fishies is the sound of a band ready to take on the mainstream one face-melting trip at a time. Tune in and drop out. Let's get on with the show. Five, four, three, two. It was merely a two-word review. It just said, shit sandwich. Welcome back, fellow music lovers. Thank you for tuning in to yet another edition of Discologist. I'm your host, Kevin, coming to you uh, live-ish from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It's a podcast. You know how these things work. i uh, got a fun little show for you today because this is something that, you know, when you talk about, like, how people know a lot about music and, you know, some people know more, people are very dogmatic about it. And, look, there's no way you can know everything. That goes for life. But in music specifically, there are just going to be blind spots. And one of the blind spots for me and my friend Drew has been this band, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. So, yes, we are late to the party. We are late as fuck to the party. The first note I heard of this band was a month ago. But both of us took this deep dive into this band and uh, because we knew this album was coming out, Fishing for Fishies, and discovered how completely rad these guys are, how, how insanely prolific these guys are, and how it aligned with basically music that both of us love uh and it's it sort of you know this is this is why music is great kids this is why it's fun because every once in a while you get to go and and you find a band that has like 14 albums i turned our friend andre radloff onto this when i was in dc recently uh, and and it, it never goes away it's always out there somewhere for you to discover so that's what we're gonna do right now through way of fishing for fishies and maybe you'll have comments like oh guys i can't believe you didn't know that whatever dude we're talking about the band now. We're loving the band now. Can't wait to see the band now when they come around to Milwaukee or D.C. or wherever you may be. So uh, that is what we're doing on this new album. They sort of hunkered down and, uh, and, and sort of took it a little more seriously, a little break from uh, the insanity of the album a year release. And, and the result, to my mind, is, is maybe one of their best releases. I've heard them all now. Uh, it's certainly more polished, but I think it 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 sort of opens up a world uh, of psychedelic music, of sort of pop psychedelia. That that if people are just on the fence of this amazing art form, this gets them in. So kudos to that. But there's a whole lot more to this album than that, and we're going to talk about that. Want to play a little song for you? This is the title track for this album. So this is "Fishing for Fishies" off of King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizards' new album of the same name. Fishies, 
That's a little bit of Fishing for Fishies off of the album of the same name by King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Joining me now is uh, Mr. Drew, who's a fellow noob. And Drew, we just started listening to this band a month ago. You just started listening to this band uh, because I was like, hey, I'm listening to this band. Why don't we? I think you might like this. How has this changed your life? Uh, it's given me just a whole bunch of new music to dive into. And it's, the you know, it, it's it's the kind of music I like. Uh, I think I came to you and I was like, should I be listening to this King Gizzard band? And you were like, actually, I just started listening to him. And the answer is yes. So I so I kind of dove in. Yeah. And when you when you dive into this band, I think what you find is that they have done everything over the course of 14 albums now. Uh, five of those albums came out in 2017, but uh, there is like psychedelic, psychedelic folk, folk, smooth jazz, metal, freak out. Like, I, I, I don't know that I have quite seen a band like cover the scope of uh, or have a range that they do uh, in my history of listening to music. And and maybe I think that's why I was scared to listen to them because I knew that they were diverse. I knew that they were uh, they were very aggressive in their pursuits of genres, and that doesn't always lead to good results, right? With Ween, it does. <laughs> oh but, man! Uh, okay, uh, <laughs> but but uh, well, for them too now, right? So that maybe they're falling. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you know, I've, I've I've seen this this band around. You know, I've seen their name around for a long time, and I think I just wrote them off because of their name. It just it, it kind of turned me off, which is weird because I'm a Ween fan. Therefore, you know, I obviously embrace ridiculous shit, uh, and that you know this band can get kind of ridiculous, um, and I should have, you know, uh, listened to my my heart. And, and said, this is a ridiculous sounding band. I should check them out. And I didn't. And uh, now I'm playing catch up. Yeah. So what's the value for you for a ridiculous sounding band once you, once you can get into it? Because so like, for example, um, you know, I think you're trolling me a little bit on that. Like we, we know that I do not like Ween, um, and I, and, but they are part of the reason I don't like them is because they are so ridiculous at times. And for some reason, like I'm down with these guys doing it. So, yeah, what what's the value there, and and what do you think we're getting out of this uh, now, coming into this like with fresh ears? Um, I, I think for me, it's just that I, I have an appreciation for 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 good music that doesn't always take itself seriously, and the, this band is not a band that that strikes me as one that they're not they're not taking themselves too seriously, um, you know from. Yet they slay. They slay, right? They, like musically, I mean, they obviously, you know, they're 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 really good at what they do. The production values are are very high, so they care about it. But they're not coming off as some sort of you know earnest, important um, artist. They're having fun, you know. They're doing they're doing fun music, and I like that. And and it's a little out of time. It's a little out of uh, out of style. Uh, I I think this is you know they're from Australia. And, and I think that they are uh, what I wanted Pond to develop into, what I really wanted Tame Impala to uh, to be ultimately. And neither of those bands, I mean, look, I, they let me down. I know everybody loves them, but but this was like, it's scrappy, it's unique, it's fun. Uh, it is is everything that like if you're a if you're a kid, like you're inner kid inside, and you just want to be in a fucking rock band. Like this is it. 
this is, this is where you go, the land of Gizzard. I want to play a little track on, on, on here to demonstrate a little bit of this. Uh, this was, I believe, the second single off of here. This is this thing. And, you know, I there's a lot of notes that I have for this type of music, but this one I said no problem at all making me feel like I'm in an Austin Powers film. And I don't know really how anybody other way to say that, except it's just groovy, man. And uh, and groovy is few and far between these days. So here's a little bit of this thing. swagger they pack into one measure is it just it puts bands on notice dude like how do you sound that cool you mentioned like tame impala and pond and one of the things that i kind of thought when i was listening to this album which definitely sounds different than stuff they've done before is it would not surprise me if they had like the same producer or like recording engineer as tame impala used on lonerism because it's like the same drum sound from elephant in like this whole album, which I love. I love that sound. Right. I, I believe actually one of the guys in the band uh, is, is Stu McKenzie is the one who produces a lot of this stuff. Uh, I think they're pretty self-contained. I mean, look, it, it's, it's not going to be a, 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 a very uh, distant scene there. So clearly like they, I mean, they know Kevin Parker, they know the guys in Pond, they know all that. So maybe, but, but I think one of the charms of this band is that they are very like self-contained that they can do all this stuff themselves. And I think that's the secret of how they can genre hop. So like effortlessly is because they're just like, we like this type of music. We wanted to play it and put it out. And, uh, and so we just figured out how to do it. I mean, fucking a in, in the fourth album of 2017, Polywog Wanna Land. It was released as basically an open source album and said, this is yours, guys. If you want to start a record label by pressing our record, here's the master files. Yeah, I mean, if you put five albums out a year, you can maybe afford to just give one of those away to the fans and let them kind of own it. I think so. I think so. And and look, I know uh, personally, like one person who had a label who pressed it. Uh, there's a copy of it down the street. I don't know where it was pressed. Oh, it worked. From. Oh, it, yeah, it, it it worked. People pressed it. They got and like they provided artwork, but people have there's multiple versions of this, you know, deluxe versions. Of it. Uh, so it was crazy. So, you know, they are, you know, and this was generally their fans doing this based on, I think, this this like groove uh, that this band just has that saturates everything. I think what's fascinating about Fishing for Fishies is, I mean, they even have a song named after it, Boogeyman Sam is that they focus on the boogie in 2019, which is something 
Yeah, this album is all about the boogie. I mean, there's three songs called Boogie, and they mean it. I mean, it it, it is a boogie album. Yeah, yeah, and that's not you know I, I saw the uh, the Pitchfork review of this that said you know it was boring and like well mate I mean I guess you don't like fun like I don't I mean I understand people coming at this stuff who have been fans for years and being like oh my god this isn't like blowing my mind but look. A song like Boogeyman Sam gets the fucking job done. What is Pitchfork looking for out of a King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard album? <laughs> that's, that's a good question. That's you a know, good question. They, they get Boogie and they question. Yeah. And that I, I, I'm not sure what to make of that because, um, you know, I think what, you know, I, I still know very little about this band. I've, I've listened to them a bunch over the past month. Um, they definitely hit the same uh, buttons with me as like the OCs and sure. and, and sure. Ty Siegel and, and just mm -hmm. that kind of, you know, prolific artists who, you know, they don't fuss over their albums. They kind of, um, although this album does seem, a, you know, a little maybe a little bit more fussed over than than most more produced um but you know they're 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 kind of they're just cranking out good fun stuff sometimes it's hit or miss but that's kind of the bargain that you're you you make with a band or artist like this that they're going to kind of crank a bunch of stuff out and it's not all going to be dark side of the moon you're going to get a bunch of of weird stuff and you know i haven't really read the the pitchfork article but it, that really makes me kind of question, like, again, what, what what are you looking for from a band like this? I mean, this band is crazy. They're ludicrous. They're prolific. They're fun. And they they turned in this, like, I think, great sounding modern boogie woogie album. And it had me rocking like all weekend, you know, listening to this this album. I, I'm stoked about it. Yeah, I mean, and, and it, it veers towards classic rock at times. I mean, there's stuff in here uh, that is like, if you if you think about a song like "Real's Not Real," uh, that's that's a whole lot of yacht rock up there. Uh, the bird song is one song that, that is is rad because it sort of fools you um, into the boogie, but then it turns into something like Joe Jackson's "Stepping Out." Uh, let's let's hear a little bit of that because that that is one of my favorite songs of the album and. Uh, so here's a little bit of bird song, not the dead song, by the way. Yeah, I mean, you know, nobody, I, I don't hear anything like this. That that's that to me sounds totally fresh, yet obviously it's got a lot of really deep throwback elements. You, you mentioned Joe Jackson. Um, 
you know, it's got that yacht rock thing, but they've got this just like really intense shuffle swing thing going on this song and, and a lot on this album that um, I think is really awesome. It, it's just this uh, very urgent forward leaning groove, this boogie groove that, and, and you know, the, 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 the way the piano is kind of moving with the drums or the synth is moving with the drums is, is, is awesome sounding to me. I don't, it's do you, do you consider this a party band? I kind of do. Yeah, I, I I think I do. Um, you know, if they're not a party band, they're a band you can party to. Yeah. Oh well, I mean, I, well, I don't know if you would drop uh, an album like Murder of the Universe on at a party. Uh, you know, but uh, which is an amazing album, by the way. Um, but you, um, I, yeah, I feel you know we've talked about the dead on this podcast a lot. And I feel like, you know, this is a band you could drop into a dance hall and they could play for like 18 hours while people just like lost their face and cover a whole bunch of different genres because they're just a tight band who happens to do stuff. When you, when you get to 14, I mean, from 2012, mind you, when you get to 14 albums in your career, um, I, I, it, I think it does become less about, are you making good albums? Or are you a real goddamn band? And and you don't see people. You see people just worrying so much about like what they're turning out instead of just being like, "Hey, man, what if we did an album a year?" Or in their case, five. Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of people talk about you know the relevance of the album and does it make sense for for bands to spend a year or two at a time like fussing and slaving over a specific album, or is it really just like just crank out content? Um, obviously you don't want, you know, you want to have some bar of quality there. Um, but, but, you know, in the modern age, I mean, you put out a great album and six months later, you know, people have forgotten about you. Like, how do you kind of stay relevant, stay out in front of, you know, everybody's minds and they're doing it. I mean, obviously they took a year off, but they kind of earned it, you know, with the five yeah. albums a year. Kind of. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I don't know, you know, are they out to put out great albums or are they just putting out great music and they keep winding up with enough music to make albums out of them? I think the answer is I think the answer is yes. Like just (laughs) yes. Um, Yeah, because because I think this is a band that weirdly you have to take as a whole. You, You know, I started from the beginning with 12 Bar Brews and moved through everything. Um uh i do like some of the earlier albums a little a little more they're a little more folksy uh but like i said murder of the universe is some weird sci-fi thing but but tell me this song side boogie is not going to be played like late night at parties in colleges forever uh when they can't find their daft punk cd much like the Lizzo album we were talking about last week. If that doesn't work for you, like, I, I, your heart is cold, black, and dead.
Yeah, I hope this works for people because they're, you know, it's not that this is necessarily a new rhythm in music, but it's definitely not one that we hear very often at all. I mean, this is kind of like a, a blues shuffle. And, and you know, again, it's all over this album and they make it so fun. It's like they've kind of just, you know, updated and refreshed this kind of feel that we haven't heard in 20 years. Well, I mean, if you, if you toughen up the if you toughen up the guitars, you get ZZ Top, quite honestly. Yeah. OK. 30 years. Yeah, exactly. You know, Afterburner, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know if you remember Afterburner, uh, more specifically than Eliminator, like they went hard into the synths and like you get this like weird effect of like, oh, we're, we're it, you know, at the time it was considered softening it, but I think it just adds like this context to it. And, and hilariously, like it, to my mind and heart, honestly, makes it sound like the best sci-fi shit that I've ever heard. And I was like, yes, I'm here for Cyboogie, like all goddamn day long. Me too. Um, I, 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 no, I, I hope that this is, uh, an influential album. I, I hope that there's other, other acts out there that kind of, you know, take this and, and, you know, again, this was, you know, uh, Tame Impala kind of pulled this, this rhythm off with, uh, Elephant, which was kind of one of their biggest hits, uh, earlier on in their career before they kind of zoned out. Um, and, and they've kind of just like taken that that baton that was sort of, you know, half waving out there and, and like turned it into like pretty much an entire album of like awesome shit. Like kind of like the, the album that I, I sort of wish Tame Impala had put out maybe that pond had put out before they kind of spaced out of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that was my point about bringing them up. Like it's obviously something in the water down there. Uh, they are, they are achieving something on the psychedelic front, but uh, y- you know, you have to, and I think, king gizzard and lizard wizard do keep touch with your roots a little bit uh if you if you can't quite launch into outer space yet and it can be argued that um that tame impala that kevin parker does i mean i uh, unless somebody specifically asks us we we probably won't be reviewing the tame impala album that's coming out because it's just like okay cool you know you're you're doing this thing that like lots of people like it's kind of boring but uh i also like drugs so that's fine it seemed like everybody started to like tame impala like when i kind of got bored with them they were like this really you know they were doing this really exciting stuff that bears some you know resemblance of what we're hearing again with uh with this new album but they abandoned that and went into a direction that was clearly the right direction from them for for like a you know popularity standpoint. But they lost me along the way. Yeah, and I and I'm not disparaging like Kevin Parker's production skills at all. I mean, the guy the guy is a beast in the studio. But it you know it does um, it it becomes a different thing. And I think these guys are more grounded. Uh, they are they've had the original lineup for 14 albums. Like if you can believe that. Uh, this isn't like a band filled with like infighting. This is just like dudes on a mission. Maybe I, I if they don't have a van, we should start a GoFundMe to give them an official King Gizzard and Lizard van. <laughs> you know, it, it is everything that uh, in our or you listener, your grooviest selves that you could uh, want. And I, I you know, I, when we talked about reviewing this album, I was sort of like hesitant and. That's why we've been talking a lot about the other ones, because it really is that you have to get the whole thing. And I don't know many bands like that. Which can be daunting. You know, sure. you, you were like, yes, go listen to this band. And then I looked on Spotify and, you know, there's like 13 <laughs> albums there. And I'm like, yeah. oh, geez, you know, 
that's like when, you know, somebody told me you got to check out the OCs. I'm like, cool. And, you know, there's just this daunting mountain of work there that you have to kind of plow through. And, and that could be tough. Sure. Um, but it's it, it's a fun ride. Sure, sure. But I mean, they they obviously have locked in creatively and uh, and the results, uh, regardless of what Pitchfork says, are, are well worth your time to to, to pay attention to. And I, and I think, um, you know, this is going to be. Regardless of that pitchfork score, this is going to be the one that puts them over the top of people. Uh, they're playing a place called the Riverside here in Milwaukee. I'm not sure where they're playing in D.C., probably 930 Club, but they'll sell it out. Um, and the idea of a band like this selling out venues that size is glorious. That is, that is, is what is what like the world that I think you and I both want uh, sort of come being realized. But Absolutely. Keeping the flame alive. So the point of all this is just basically um, go listen to this band, push play. Like you said, open it up in Spotify. Don't, I mean, check out this album. I do like this album. Actually, I love this album. Um, it, it's, if you, if you take where they've been, this, it, this feels like a good evolution or a good stopping point on the way to something. Um, but the, the point is, is that they just demonstrated, they're just going to keep going. <laughs> and you're not going to have a tortured, like four year wait for the next King Gizzard album. Yes. Where are they going to go next after this? I don't know, but I'm looking forward to it because every time they do something new, it's, you know, again, kind of looking backward, but every album has something completely different. Um, and they seem to succeed every time they're, you know, they, they take a different corner. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so is this. So there you go. King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard fishing for fishes. And the Lizard Wizard is available everywhere you can buy fine records. I picked mine up on vinyl right here at uh, Rushmore in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Go down there, get some records. There's a lot of great record stores. Uh, that one just happens to be the closest. So that's that's where I spend a little bit of my time and money. Uh, thanks to Drew for hanging out. Uh, hopefully, you know, if you guys choose to go on this journey with us, we're still digging into it, then, uh, you know, hit us up. Hit me up at uh, Kevin at ChunkyGlasses.com or on Twitter at, at ChunkyGlasses. You can leave a message on Facebook. And all that, and uh, and let us know how you're faring with your journey into the Gizzard verse. Uh, with that, we are out of here. Coming up in the next few episodes, going to be talking about Foxygen with my friend Eduardo. Going to be talking about the Cure, disintegration. It is thirty years old, and so are we. Apparently, just old as fuck. And uh, and then some more great stuff as we sort of ease through spring into summer, and uh, and stuff just gets nicer and nicer and nicer. So that is it. We are out of here. Talk to you in a few short days. Take care of yourself, kids.